means that one come, enters feeling prepared. Nasty little pussy. <laughs> <laughs> pussy with teeth. Bloody Mrs. Slocum. Oh, there's a fucking fly in here. No. no. Welcome. Welcome. We're not everyone doing to coffee flies. Moaning. Welcome if you're listening. Welcome if you're watching. I've got to go. People are confused as to why. Mark, ask me a question. What's your name? <coughs> Who can answer? Ah! Oh my God! Mark! Right. Right. Two can play at that game! touching it. If you don't put that thing down, I am not doing coffee moaning. Put yours down. No, absolutely not. I brought you milk and everything. Right. on the count of five, you both put them down. But you have to go to that. Count. Point. One, two, oh, could be all three, day. four, five. Yeah, but it's still there. Ch slide it across the floor. <laughs> slide it across, right down the other end. You electrocute me again, I will not speak to you for the entire weekend. Morning, guys. Hi, everyone. Right. So why were you meowing, Nads? What, well, somebody tell me. What, ask me a question. A teacher, you you're in class. Oh. Ask me something. Why are you, well, I'd ask, why are you meowing? <laughs> or why are you barking? sort of doggy. That's what some teachers are dealing with. So we've both, she's been a pussy and she's been a growler. <laughs> Yay, Faith says I'm identifying as a cat today. We're going to be talking about the school again, that story that happened yesterday, of which we don't have the full story, but it pivots around and it sort of tickles at the edges of furries. What are furries? People who identify as cats or like to role play or dress as furry animals and all that kind of stuff. 
So we're going to be talking about that. And anyone that wants to fill us in on furries, yeah. because obviously there's a whipping up by the male kind of feeling. And so mm. people that don't know about this, like us, we know a little, but we don't know much. Mm -hmm. Tell us. Um, and we're also going to... <laughs> that, that, if anyone had their headphones in, that's going to hurt their ears because you've just hurt my ear. it up you see you're sending my dogs mental says vicky waiting stop we do it sometimes cheating i love the way dogs just oh you're right baby dogs automatically just go look. they go into oh and they sort of that lose so themselves i can't remember what the cartoon was there was an I animated feature where they all just started to go they just started to go on one so yeah. lovely, nice. Okay, now it's not so noisy. Let's let's move on. What else are we Good ship lollipop. Homeschooling looking more and more like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, eating disorder cases are, have soared or are soaring or still soaring since, since COVID, uh, with wealthier teenage girls more likely to be diagnosed. 300% uh, increase in calls to helplines during the pandemic with children from wealthier backgrounds more likely to be diagnosed as the charity That's very interesting. Why, why, why wealthier? Don't know, don't know, don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? We'll have a look at that. Um, and, uh, and the missing Titanic submarine, um, you may, may well have seen the story breaking this morning, that there are underwater noises that have been heard um, occurring every... They were occurring regularly every 30 minutes, or they were picking them up every 30 minutes. They are sending, I think uh, Canada, I can't remember Canada or America, are sending some kind of deep sea dredging machine that is all, is all about being able to recover, you know, extraordinarily deep things. Um, so, um, so fingers crossed there could be some potentially good news there, though this could be just even more horrendously frustrating. There's a cross-section picture of the limited space in which they're all in. It was, it was fun because our, our girls are usually quite up on the news, aren't yeah. they? But it was late last night that we were talking to mm. our 20-year-old and telling the story. And, oh, my God, she was just so horrified. She just couldn't stop. She was just like, but, Mum, Mum, imagine if that was Dad mm. and me. And we were in that. And, and, like, today, to hear the sounds mm. is, is, is incredible because mm. it, there is an area they're going to be in. But also to hear the sounds and to know of the panic and the terror that must be going on in there. Well, I mean, someone said it was just... like exploring, microscopically exploring a football pitch, full-size football pitch with a magnifying oh glass. Um, it obviously hasn't popped up. You know, there was talk about them being able to sort of like have, uh, release a weight drop, which means they could have risen to the surface. The hope is that, of course, the sounds are... Um, the sounds of them actually, you know, trying to somehow call for help. I mean, how you even manage to get the leverage to make enough noise in something so thick? Because the, the submersible is bolted from the outside. So there's the, oh. there's the torrid scenario where potentially, say we rush, they get down to sort of the lowest levels of, of alcohol, of oxygen, and it got to the surface. It has to be opened from the outside. They're bolted in it can only be opened from the outside. There's no way well, of opening how it. How do they get out normally then? It comes back up and people from outside are unbolted. unbolted with huge kind of unbolting so machines. It's the only way they can sort of protect them from the, the, the depths and the water pressure and all that kind of stuff. 
yeah. mean, these 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 people that have gone in. I mean, I why are we so captivated? I was saying to Mark yesterday. It's the know, Titanic aspect. Of it that is. As well. It is. I said, but you know, if, if only. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I asked a this... question on the coffee moaning Instagram thing, asking, maybe I should ask it here. Should, should these, what did I ask? Was it, should they be back? I just moved this on. Should these, uh, this type of adventure be should banned or something? Wasn't it this kind of. Types of adventures be banned? Well, uh, uh, well I mean, what I said to that is. You can't stop people from doing every ridiculous things. Every single year, people go up, you know, Ben Nevis and all these places completely unprepared and search and rescue have to go out risking their lives you know at huge cost but you can't say that you're banning adventure you know i just don't think you can well, no, you, but you i think don't. but i do think when companies you know that are charging such vast amounts of money mm. I, I think they should i mean maybe they do i don't know but i'm mm. i'm hoping that they would pay for these rescues yeah you'd think that maybe their insurance or whatever afterwards or whatever the the, the yeah. amount of money that they're paid to go on yeah. these trips would actually cover the cost of the recovery i mean you made you made an interesting point yesterday which I, I don't know whether you'd heard it on the radio or you were making the point but it was it was a really stark one and i'm always a bit loath to kind of use these comparisons because they're never ever really straight no. comparisons um and but it's, wouldn't it be just sort of vaguely heartwarming in some capacity to think that an equivalent amount of effort would be made to, as you accurately said today, just skim some of those people who are clearly going to die crossing the Atlantic, uh, crossing the Channel. Do you know what I mean? There's, it just feels like a curious contrast, the whole world, all of the world's kind of energies to rescue, and as they, you know, let's hope they rescue them, and as they should. Absolutely. And then you see so many people dying in the sea. Like yeah. off the coast of Greece and off the coast yeah. of England. I mean, again, as but I say, but we don't it's not... ever say, God, imagine those families of those yeah, migrants that have come yeah, we off don't those stop boats to think of that, that yeah. will not know what's mm. happened, won't know what's happened, and yet we've all delved deep into the, what the families will be feeling. But it's interesting because it's the same for us. This isn't like a judge. I mean, I no, felt no, the same. It's not I've, a I've been far it's more a, engaged it's an observation. in observation. Yeah, I've and... thought about the horror of this. Mm. more than I've thought about the horror of what a family crossing the channel necessarily yeah. going through or has yeah. gone through to get to crossing the channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so um, so there's that aspect. What was it? Someone else was saying it could have imploded. I was reading a case. Someone else survived something similar. Um, they were down in a submersible. It's not a submarine. It's a submersible because a submarine can... If it's a submarine, it can power its way out and it can power its way down, but it can't. Uh, a submersible is, is, is dependent on the ship, whether it be through comms or cable or whatever, to get down and get back up. It has, you know, so it goes down. And, and um, someone else in the submersible got caught in the same area, looking at the Titanic. They got caught in what he said was an enormously strong current, oh, which God. blew their, which basically pushed their submersible, I, I think, against the... What are they call them, the fans, the, ro the, what, the rotary, the blades, the rotary blades underneath the Titanic. So the old blades underneath the Titanic. Mm. It was pushed against that and they couldn't get it. And the guy operating the submersible just kept pushing it against, pushing it against, and they dislodged and oh. came free. So what we could be hearing in terms of the banging could be that they are in a current that's holding them against a part of either the Titanic or something. And you never know, that current might just suddenly change and they might come up. So I do think there is hope. Mm. Uh, Lee Doran, it's like everything in, in life, the law of averages is if something goes well, it's possible it will go wrong at some stage too. 
And I think adventure, the point, what you have to f not well, forget... Are they exploring, don't they? And Christos the did Titan. something interesting, so I'll just a little bit further they won't ban them. It's in human nature to explore. Sometimes it's the cost of human life itself. Exploration mm -hmm. is part of our evolution, but this is essentially a graveyard and already Ready explored. explored. Yeah, so this is tourism. This yeah, is tourism. this is tourism, isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah. incredibly rich tourism. I mean, the thing... What's that? We're trying to who might hear, but I very much doubt it. Um, I think that... Um, that bloody fly again. Don't pick up that electrocutor. I mean, one of the things I would say, I think the very nature of adventure is that baked into it is the idea of risk and is the idea of not achieving something. And I think that is something that is fascinating about the psychology and the psyche. Get it? How am I going to get, get it? it? By the time I get up, it's going to have gone. Open the back door. I'll get another one in. No, but at least we might get rid of that one. It's just staring at us. Um, you know, and I think that's baked into this, isn't it? This, this, is, this is what they're paying lots of money for. It's like all the people who wanted to go up into space or, you know, fly near space. And was it, you know, uh, Captain Kirk and all that kind of stuff, William Shatner? You know, they, they, part of it is the potential thrill of dying. I think with this one, potentially, they didn't go down for that. This was tourism. I think this is going down to have a look. And I think it has captured all of our imaginations. Because like I said to the girls last night, I said, isn't it weird? that in a sense we could potentially hope, hope, hope not, but you could potentially have further casualties attached to such a historic, mm. tragic event, which would just mm. be enough. horrendous, enough. horrendous. Yep. They're not scientists. The guy who runs the company is down there with him, but there's a billionaire down there. He might actually, you're right, I think the billionaire might have some tech interest in something. I know there's a, I think there's a son. Pakistani businessman mm. and his son, a 19-year-old son down there too. And two Americans. And I think it? a French scientist might mm. be down there too. Uh, a frog. I watched the video of the missing sub and it looks so homemade. It can be controlled by a game console controller like a PS... Yeah, I saw them. It was a PS5 or a PS4 controller. This is how they control the bloody thing. It's like a remote control boat. Erin, it shouldn't be banned, but there shouldn't be only one little sub out on the Atlantic Ocean on its own to not have any backup or safety ship on standby is terrifically responsible. I mean, I think there is... Um, I think there is a... I think there is one... I think there is a, a support ship. There has to be, otherwise it wouldn't have been able to go down. Um, so, let's move on. Let's have a look at the story of... Erin, we'd like your input on this, please. How schools... The rise of the furries. Now, we, look, before we get, get into this, I think you gave us a little bit of clarification yesterday, Erin, on furries. People... Is it... Are these people who necessarily identify as furry animals or... Is it more a sort of role-playing thing? Is it more a sort of fetishistic thing? I don't know. I'm asking these questions. I don't know. Um, I've been told by younger people that I know that it's a, it's a fetish. Yeah. Is it? We know nothing, Erin. Please educate us and the rest, because we noticed that you were saying something yeah, yeah, yeah. about it yesterday. Yeah, we missed it yesterday. So while we wait for that, we can just talk about it. So two, two aspects to this. The, the, the government are in, uh, instigating an investigation into the school uh, for which we were, about which we were talking about yesterday, where there was the recording of a teacher pushing back against a girl who had sort of challenged someone else in the class who had allegedly, though we didn't hear them say it, I have to keep stressing this, had allegedly said they identified as a cat. 
My problem with this story just at that point there's is... An, there's an interview now with the mother of the child that was arguing with the teacher, and yeah. she says she was arguing because there was a girl in the class who identified as a cat. Right. Because yesterday when we were talking about this, we weren't sure whether it had been a comeback where the girl had said, well, I mean, you know, next you'll be identifying as a cat, mm. and whether it was a, a gender argument. Mm. Um, but it seems from the mother of the girl in the argument that there was a girl in the class who identifies as a cat. And also the teacher did say, you've upset that person. You've upset someone, didn't she? By saying whatever it was she'd said. So, so, that, so, so it seems that the teacher was defending the girl's right to be a cat. Okay, so cat. this is a really complicated and... <clears throat> it fe This feels like we're either in one of two places. Um, it feels like we're on the edge of, if I'm honest, madness, or we're in a situation a little bit like um, Arthur Miller's The Crucible play, in which a, a slight sort of unprovable hysteria or mischief is at work. Because someone here has just said, Sarah D has just said, someone identifies as a, a wolf and howls in class all the time. We have all been in classrooms. Oh, look, we have. Look, so we've just gone blurry. I'm just going to just, just going to change our feed. Hopefully, that's. A bit Sarah, better. so there is a pupil at your son's school who identifies as a wolf and howls. No, I'm sorry. Not in any circumstance is that like that. They, it's taking the piss. I think it. The thing. Are we all right now? Are we can you can you see us? Are we back? Is that better? Uh, I'm kind of hoping it is. Uh, can't see on here if we are. Um, is that better? Sorry, can you yeah, you're not allowed to take your, your pet to school, are you? Animals don't belong in schools. Uh, the world is... Yeah, sorry. Um, oh, yeah, what I was trying to say was, you know, kids will wind everyone up and we have no way of interrogating or knowing this. But what we can all say is that this wasn't happening not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. And Did any of us know any cats at school? No. And now, I kind of... The caveat on that is this... I don't think this has anything to do with trans, non-binary, binary... This, for me, is tipping into a situation and a piss-take that is actually incredibly damaging to trans rights... And, and uh, you know, the ability of the trans community and all, all non-binary communities to get better understanding and tolerance. This is now running the risk of too many adults placating too many kids who are actually, with all due respect, absolutely taking the piss. Hmm. I'm sorry. And, because and if, if it's a cosplay thing... Yeah. Again... You don't have cosplay in the classroom. At school, at school. And I, again, I feel really sorry for teachers because they're walking all over eggshells all the bloody time. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, it, and it just shows how ridiculous, what a ridiculous place that we've got to, that we can't have these bloody conversations. The teacher can't say, stop being so bloody ridiculous. You can be a wolf at half past three as you walk out the door. I, you're not a wolf in the class. And I'd like to know how many of these kids that are saying this have perhaps 
Have their parents gone up the school with them and said, look, I really need to talk to you about this because this is quite tricky and this is quite difficult for Johnny because he identifies as an owl and he wants the tolerance and he wants the acceptance. And so every now and then in class, he will probably talk. Now, I'm, I'm being kind of facetious, but if, the t if a parent went to the school to say that and talk about that, that would be a different situation. For me, this story is, is, is reeking of kids winding uh, teachers up. And I think what it goes to the heart of is schools are so petrified, so petrified of putting a foot wrong and causing offence, mm. that a crucible situation is like, This is like the crucible. crucible. We saw it at the National Me and Maddie about three months ago. This is frightening. People, grown adults who can see the logic of the situation are too afraid to push back against it. Against this. children. Against children. And children know it. And children are running circles. You start to let this go and let this run and leave it unchecked, we're going to be in all sorts of but uncharted territory. Could there territory. also be some children that are pushing against the unbelievable restrictions they feel sometimes in language? You know, like we've heard it from all the young people we know that say sometimes when they make a genuine mistake... And mis as an example like Well, as misgender somebody who has, who has yeah. moved over and then moved back and then moved over, which happens a lot in the younger, yeah. younger... And then they've been absolutely vilified. WhatsApp groups go around the school. Are any of these kids taking the piss of all of that as well? Mm. I, I don't know. Well, I, 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 look, as we're all parents, lots of parents here, and we're going to read out some of your comments. I mean, something I've noticed does happen, and so how do you, how do you deal with this? Okay, here's a problem. We all want to be tolerant, we all want to be accepting, we all want to be inclusive and understanding and kind about diversity and everything else. But if you're presented with someone who every, almost on a weekly basis is changing, say, this isn't quite this story, but this is an example of it happening in an area that matters. No one wants to cause offence and miss, was it misnoun someone? What do you call it when you pronounce it? You don't want to mispronoun someone or mispronounce someone. But that person changes, mis but that person changes the pronouns by which they want to be identified on a weekly basis, but also gets extraordinarily offended. Yes. And causes a cancelling scenario in a group of friends if you don't get it right and you're not on top of it every six minutes. So, and then by asking, what is your pronoun now? You're somehow pronoun this shaming This is happening someone. in schools. This is getting to a point now which is ludicrous. Yeah. And dangerous. Yeah. It's really dangerous. And teachers dangerous. having to fight with, well, argue with, uh, with children that have come in that day and said, I'm now identifying as a as a girl and I I need to use the girls toilets and literally the teachers having to stand guard we've heard this from a, num a number of schools stand guard outside the toilets to make sure that that's not happening mm. again I feel so sorry for the teachers it's mm. a mess mm. it's an absolute mess and yet again where is the strong and clear guidance from the, um, the government for these schools. You know, they come out, which is, people have come out, oh, well, no school should be, um, this is should be condoning um, mm. a, a child being a cat. But, you know, it's getting to the point where teachers are so nervous about what they should and shouldn't allow that they need it in black and white. These are the rules and regulations. Aaron Bullimore makes a really important point. This is transphobes' fault. The insults of transphobes have always included things like, oh, what will you identify as next? A giraffe, yeah. an attack helicopter. Of course kids have picked up on this and run with it. You're absolutely right. I would argue, though, that I th you're absolutely right, but I would also argue it, the, this problem is developing from both sides of the equation. 
This is developing both from your right. Transphobes are having a field day with this. This is brilliant. This, this just goes to the heart. This goes back to what we were saying yesterday about the Philip Schofield. Homophobes love, the, but it doesn't mean... Every, again, likewise, just because I sense and feel, and a lot of people are sensing that there's a madness in this and a, and a, and a mischief. I mean, like someone else said, you mischief. know... Kids, kids are taking advantage, Susan Wilson, of a stupid situation. And it totally... And that's what kids are supposed to do. That's yeah. being a kid. You take the piss. You push the boundaries as far as you can. You see what you can get away with. You do what you can to make the class have a laugh. You do what you can to piss the teacher off. You know, if that, that's, this has happened since the beginning of time. But the problem here is, is, is teachers are cross-legged like this, not knowing what they can allow and what they can't. So how do we solve this? I wonder, <clears throat> and I don't know whether anyone from the trans community anywhere would <coughs> is there not some way of being able to issue some kind of guidance to schools where, and it's not about being intolerant, but that there is a, a recognition or tolerance and recognition of almost any of the, and there are hundreds, I, I, I'm not across how many there are, but the many, many, many different sort of self-identifying pronouns and states of identity on a shifting scale of masculine to feminine. So that you don't leap off the fact that you're essentially a human. Can, you know, well, can, could could guidance be given to schools that at the very least you can't identify as something other than human? human. And, and I think that might be Step a simple out. guidance. Can you, you know. believe we've got to this? I mean, maybe we could just <laughs> stop at that point and not get into the very, very contentious debate. Because I think otherwise... Every, like you rightly say, transphobes are going to be like rats up a drainpipe. I'm not the rat in this, by the way. Uh, rats up a drainpipe, you know, trying to take advantage of it and, and sow discontent. Just on the thing of furries outside of children at school, furries, is that... Oh, Erin, I agree, but that's what's been happening here. The two are being conflated. Conflated, exactly. Um, like we were saying with the homophobia and the, and the Philip, Schofield, Philip Schofield argument. Yes. Um, Faith, I've seen you go a couple of times there saying, is this just cosplay? Well, yes, one would assume, but it's got out of hand. And, and some schools are thinking that they have to support. Mark, don't. You're not going to get it. Mark, just don't. Carry on, just carry on. Um, it's quite difficult, babe, when you're jumping around trying to kill a fly. It's quite distracting. What do you mean? Especially because... Have I you tried to do the Saturday papers with you two in the background? Oh, have you tried to do the Saturday papers <laughs> with you two in the background? Well, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. atmosphere. It's not nice you, at all. And I could th see you taking that thing down. Um, yeah, we don't know. There's, there is such a thing as a furries community yeah. in the adult world. Um, and I have been led to believe, I could be wrong, that that does have a sexual side to it. I think, I think Am kids... Am Yeah. It's a set, isn't it? Is well, there it is. Not I mean, like also, you, you, you go to, yeah, but you also go to Comic Con and Roleplay and there isn't a, there isn't a sexual side. Here's something else that I think is a real problem. Kids thrive with rules. And what's happening at the moment they is they, 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 no, they sense an absolute gap in the logic and rule system. And this is it. And they're seizing upon it yeah. in, a, in a mischievous way, which has a, a repeatedly said... And hearing a lot said, at home as well. Hearing a lot at home. saying, oh, yeah. it's bloody ridiculous, yeah. this, yeah. And it's all of this. And as you're rightly saying, Aaron, it, it, it's, being, it's being conflated with trans because actually I think the response to it by the teachers is validating it as something equivalent to trans. If the teacher hadn't sort of equated identifying as a cat with 
sort of, you know, a tolerance in the class and because she then goes on to say all of the all, all of the stuff about being non-binary and all. I think there has to be some clear guidance, mm. perhaps even from the trans community, that this is different. This is different. This isn't, you know, because otherwise kids, this is going to get worse. Oh, my God. This is going to get worse and worse. Right now, as we speak, there are classrooms all around the country, kids making animal noises because they know this story is running. It's all over social media. It's going to be bedlam. Bloody and think of that poor child in one of those classes who is struggling with what their genuine gender identity is, struggling to try and express themselves, hold themselves together, not feel marginalised. You know, that's the bit, actually, that people forget. Oh, it can be a kink, but 90% of it is cosplay. Yeah. yeah. Cosplay? I mean, it'd be like you in your day, turning up as... Spider-Man. Yeah, or Darth Vader. Mm. You could, would have identified as Darth Vader, wasn't it? Because you really did think he was your father. Baby got the people completely wrong. Oh. No. When I was seven, I fantasised that Han Solo was my dad because oh, I didn't Han know my Solo's dad. Really yeah, it's very Vader. different. I don't, I don't dress up as Darth Vader thinking I'm Darth Vader. Um, Vanessa Wilde, boundaries for children, difference between imaginative play and reality is important for safety. But not in the class. Yeah, no, she... Yeah. No, no, yeah. I think she's saying, that's what she's saying. Yeah. In the class too. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things I kicking through. I don't think anyone could disagree with this, could they? No. I mean, off the, slightly off the back of that, I just want to. I don't want... know how teachers are allowing it when it's just so obvious to all of us. Yeah. Just sit down, sh shut up, and just at half past three when you leave, you can be whatever you want. I just want to quickly say obviously, other papers around the world are looking at the UK in a state of total dismay. I mean, New York Post, it's a tabloid in America, but they have a headline saying UK students identify as horses. Dinosaurs this is in America. and moons amid neo-gender furry trends. So they're saying, they're looking at us in the UK going, they're losing their shit over there. And of course, they are tabloids that are whipping yeah, it all yeah, up as well. Let's whip up the anger, let's yeah. whip up the hate. Apparently yeah. the Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph has found a student at an unidentified school who refers to themselves as moon self, wears a cape to, cl to class to express their true self, um, whereas other students must wear uniforms. You see... Again, there's some aspect to this that I'm thinking is neurodiversity as well. You know, it, it's... I just think there's a duty of care that's being dropped here for fear of causing offence. I think mm. just people need to get a bit muckier with it and go, OK, let's get the parents in of moon self in. Everyone's Why is he wanting scared. to wear a cape? Is it about him feeling he's the moon or is there something else at work here? Have you had a... Does he, has he got any special education well, like, needs? I remember when I was, uh, when I was home-edding and there was a two, two adorable children and they just... They were both autistic... And they would not take off those. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Spider-Man outfits. They just, no, wouldn't have to. They just would. They just no. would. They just wouldn't do it. And so, and and you know, and I think that that, yeah, it's like you say, there will be some situations mm. where can we not just be a bit more flexible and have the conversation, well, communication. We are getting into dangerous territories though, where where this <coughs> this is now a parallel. This is this is separate. Kids have spied. An insanity at work. I'm telling mm. you that right now. And like a rat up a drain pipe. On that note, I just wanted to quickly pass by this. I don't know if we've got enough time to, to do, give eating disorder cases uh, its due attention, to be honest with you. But, that, I mean, the story is, is that... And I think you made an interesting point earlier about we all I, like I to think, think... I think if we don't go too much into this no. eating disorder thing because we don't really have time. But, but I do think... Talking to our girls and their friends and talking to friends of ours, young people... We are, I think, massively underestimating how just how much the pandemic has affected um, teenagers. 
Yeah, we're wanting to just think of it this, doesn't. <laughs> and, and, and it is, it is. And we have all moved on and the conversations that we have over and over again are, we're just supposed to move on and mm. we're just freaked out and we can't believe we're this age and it feels like life's suddenly gone so fast. Mm. And, you know, as we know, you know, as teachers will tell you, huge problems with spliff smoke, spliff and vape and... Mm eating disorders, you know, the, the, the soaring, the, the eating mm. disorders, just, and this was about loss of control. There was mm. no control over their lives, you know, and I think it's really important that we keep talking to them about it mm. and don't tell them it's just, well, thank God, it's just behind us, because I don't think it is, and I think we've got a ticking time bomb going on, mm. um, and... The, the reason I think they're giving for there being an increase in wealthier children is just a higher rate of diagnosis. Well, that's what I was wondering. Because they have access to it, you know, they can... Because the terrible thing, and BEAT is a, is a wonderful organisation. Mm. You know, do you remember the, the yeah. um, founder contributed to one of our podcasts? The thing is, so often now, is that you can spot an eating disorder in your child, but you will not get any help until they are in the most mm. dire straits. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of campaigning around that, that get in earlier. Get mm. in earlier. It, it just... It just makes sense. Mm. But, um, yeah, across the board. More self-harming. More self-harming. When are we going to be... Ha I'm not hearing this conversation anywhere. Not in the papers, not on, you know, the TV. Just, I'm not hearing the conversation. Mm. It just it just went. During the pandemic, there was quite a bit of like, oh, God, we've got a ticking time bomb with kids' mental health. And I think we should do... I think we should do a whole... Um, live on this mm. because i think there are so many parents that are feeling like this and feeling like they should keep it quiet i've always said this you mm. know once your kids get to teenagers everyone has to pretend that their kids are fine well, when they're the little idea, we all talk about people are all having the conversation oh her speech is a bit delayed or she's not mm. so good at playing or he's been a, but you know he wasn't having that interaction with people everyone's talking about the younger children but they're not talking about teenagers and mm. i think teenagers or young adults actually young because there's adults. an assumption for a lot of people who are young adults that they should have got it all sorted by now and it's just not life isn't that simple for people in their 60s in their 40s in their 30s look katie johnston here says i developed an eating disorder as a result of the pandemic pandemic and it almost killed me oh, i was 15. god sweetie, sweetie. well whatever did you've you done. come here today because you saw the, yeah. the eating disorder thing on the on the i haven't seen your name before um, well, well done you for being here and, and, and not, you know, doing and whatever Katie, it is you've done to kind of, and, you know. Oh, oh, my goodness. It makes me a bit emotional yeah. that, that you've shared that with us because I just don't think people... Eating disorder just becomes something that, that we just bandy about. Yeah, Katie, she said she did, yeah. yeah well, welcome, Katie. And the suffering, the torture of the brain, the mind keeps driving on for the exercise for the overeating for the under eating <clears throat> and you know we can just willy-nilly go up by 40 percent you know ba, 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 da, 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 you know mm. and it and it's and and your parents and your people that love you will have, be going through this with you and it's it's just so hard mm. and i want mm. us to have a whole mm. conversation where we can talk about this well, let's make sure we do
Um, Maisie Eve, thanks, Mark. Everyone always forgets about us young adults. Young people are just teens and tweens. You're right, and it's really important, especially given that essentially everyone in the world had two years essentially ripped away from them. You know, lots of people in different areas and in different ways have either not been arrested, because that sounds sort of pejorative, but have had to put parts of them on pause, haven't been able to develop or socialise or heal or grow or whatever it is you want to call the bloody thing. And I do think that there is this culturally a sort of brisk, bullish... Get on, get on, get on. And it suits all the people screaming, get on, get on, get on, because they just want to get on and get on and get on and get back to what they loved about their lovely, comfortable lives. But in the getting on, there's a whole heap of people who are struggling to get on um, and by being told to get on, get worse. And I think that is a huge part problem coming out of the pandemic is that for vast numbers of people, lots of people have been made to rethink what it means to just be a fucking human let alone what it means to be a human in this, this world. And we've left teenagers and young adults flailing around, not knowing what to do and not even being allowed to talk about it. Mm. And I think we should talk about it. Mm. And just, I know that I bring this up often, but I'm aware that people may have come here today with the <coughs> eating disorder in the title. And I just want to just do a shout out for Overeaters Anonymous. Now, that is for all people that struggle with food to people that are under eating don't don't think that that's for them. I've been to many Overeats Anonymous um, 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 meetings and there are as many people there with anorexia as people that are overeating because it's about using food to control your feelings. Mm. And obviously this rise was through a lack of control and other things. Mm. So please check out Overeaters Anonymous. It's free, you know, do six sessions, go for six sessions. You don't have to speak when you go in there. You can do it online. It's, I, I much prefer it in the meeting. And don't feel you have to go in and stand up and say, I'm an overeater, because people get really put off by that. They say, try six meetings before you decide whether it's for you or not. And try and listen for the similarities rather than the difference. Can you just just extend on that a little bit, Mark, about the similarities and differences? Yeah, I mean, the the problem with most of these 12-step recovery programmes is everyone feels, oh, no, I'm not that person. Oh, no, you know, from one end of, oh, I'm not that ill and I'm not that bad, I'm not that dark. I don't want to be associated with, you know... The thing about 12-step recovery meetings, you will meet people or you don't, when I say meet, you don't walk in and it's a happy, clappy arrival. You will be welcomed, you'll be shown a seat. They, they will take your lead. If you want to be silent and sit quietly, you will be left to sit silent and sit quietly. Everyone opens their mouths, every, not, not everyone, a lot of people will get there, open their mouths, share their experiences, share their recovery, share their heartache, their struggle and everything else. And what's nice about it, actually, is that there isn't an expectation on anyone else to comment on what's been said, to respond to what's been said. After the meeting, you can absolutely reach out to someone that maybe has said something that touches you. But you will hear a lot in there that you can easily sit down if you're resistant to it and go, well, that's not me. Well, he's not me. Well, she's not like I am. She's a different shape to me. He doesn't look like I look. Or All that kind of stuff kicks in because we're humans. We do that. But actually, if you sit down, close your eyes, listen... And you will, if you just sit there thinking, let's just hear something that really chimes with me. This, that, you will, within minutes, you'll hear something that you relate to. And it will be coming from someone that you would have looked at in the street and thought, God, there's nothing in common between me and you. And I remember be once being in an Overeaters Anonymous meeting and um, there was a, a, a young woman in there who was anorexic. And I was sitting there to think, well, you know, I was like about to shut off because she's anorexic. She's very thin and she's sitting there and I'm sitting there having like, you know, binged or whatever. And she talked about how the hours and hours that she just kept swimming 
and she didn't want to swim, but her brain just kept saying to swim, swim, swim. And it was so heartbreaking. And yet, and her voice has stayed with me for all these years. Mm. There was something about what she was saying that completely connected with me. And I've, I've a, a number of people that have had anorexia, that have anorexia, I've told them about Overeaters Anonymous, and they've been through many different clinics, and they said nobody had ever mentioned to them because you can leave a clinic and then what's the aftercare? And there is there is an Overeaters Anonymous every single day of the week. Mm. Um, so can I also just say someone just mentioned something there, which is an important point that you went to something and it felt a bit cliquey. You know, I've often worried about this the idea that you can walk into a group and you feel that everyone knows each other already mm. and often if it's a regular meeting there will be regulars and they do know each other and what have you what you have to remember is is that every single one of those people even though they might be talking to someone else is going to be riddled in their own way with all of the same doubts worries fears anxieties shame guilt they're at that meeting because they ain't feeling great and they need to plug in for the very same reasons that you've ended up at that place so don't it might when, when, a group, when you're in a group like that, I can assure you that it's not like being at sixth form, where there are cliques and people wanting to keep you outside. There is just an organic sense of they meet on a regular basis. It's really important to say that because I've allowed that to really hold me at arm's length and I allow oh, that. Yeah. Because what the illness is saying to you is, this is another way not to connect. This is another exactly. way. And if I don't connect, then I don't have to dig deep. Exactly. But if I don't dig deep, then I don't have to challenge myself. And if I don't challenge myself, I don't get better. And it's weirdly... To see a clique is part of the illness, especially if you're walking into a place that is a, a sharing 12-step recovery group, because that's precisely what it's set up not to do. The sense of cliqueiness is something that we bring to most gatherings, because that's what we've experienced, probably in places like sixth form, college, workplaces, all that kind of stuff. But I can assure you that of all the places that you're going to have a group of people who know each other, this is going to be the least cliquey of them all. And just to, just two more things. First of all, you can take somebody with you. So, uh, Kate, if this sound is that sounding appealing to you, you can take somebody with you. Um, you don't in almost any meeting. There's some meetings that are closed, but you can take somebody with you. Mm. And the other thing I would say, and this is what we're saying so much to our girls at the moment, you know, honesty is the best policy. So, if there's always somebody that runs a meeting, and they are always open for you to connect with them, so you could message them and say, I really want to come to the meeting. I've never been before. I'm really nervous. I'm shy. I'm frightened it will be cliquey. They will, or they will arrange somebody else to meet you before you go in and then go in with somebody. It's a community. And the thing is, it's, it's when we're in our own echo chamber, thinking we're the only one feeling the, the way that we're feeling, that is the most difficult place on earth. To hear others and to, for people to share on a, with a, on a similar ground can be, can be incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it's a really important point. Many of the constructs we put out there or perceptions that we put out there that we shouldn't or can't or mustn't or <gasps> it's too frightening to do that are often whatever the cause of our problem is telling us not to get well. Lee's just said the huddle at every meeting is so powerful. Do you know yeah. what, Lee? I don't think I ever didn't well up at the huddle and that's right at the end when they mm. say, oh God, I can't even think of what it is now, but mm. everyone just comes together and there's this line... Yeah. What is it putting together? Is it a, a, but anyway, yes, it can be very powerful. Most groups have greeters, says Tim, Tim Reed. Yeah, so anyone that's right. thinking of this, just be honest oh, yeah. and say, I'm shy, I'm nervous. Could somebody greet me and yeah, take yeah. me in? Take me in. Absolutely. They'll do that. Guys, have a lovely day. Uh, oh, and also there is a members live, me and Nads, later, six o'clock. I will pop up the thumbnail link half an hour before.
yeah and if you want to join the members area there's a little box under here join they get extra content there 50 pence a week you can win some cards tonight as well yeah. so hopefully see you later guys <laughs>